You'll still be eating your coffee cake. I mean, you're going to be sitting there going, yum, yum, yum. During, I can. During the show? Yum, yum, yum. Well, yeah. It is good coffee cake. I mean, you got to admit, it is good coffee cake. So what are we doing sitting around eating coffee cake at this time of day? We are wishing Henry... Wait. It's Sunday, December the 25th, 2022, 9.31 a.m. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane for Henry. For special Henry edition, alone. special edition of the Bill and Diane show with only one audience member. Only one audience member allowed. Everybody else has to leave the room. <laughs> Go ahead. Go on. Yeah. Stefan, Charlotte, get the heck out of there. No, I'm just kidding. You guys can stay. <laughs> but this is for Henry and Henry only. Henry, yeah, your grandmother and I are trying, sitting around trying to think, what can we do for Henry for for Christmas? I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. And then, now, Granny, you 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 continue the story. Ah, ham and eggs. Well, as soon as you're done chewing the coffee cake, yeah. <laughs> I'm having this wonderful sour cream. Yeah, it's really good. Coffee cake. I horf mine down in about three bites, so. That's and right. I didn't think you would mind if I was having a little mouthful of coffee. Okay, cake. all right, well. I guess we'll know. So if you haven't hurled yet, Henry, then I guess it's okay. So what happened? Tell them what so happened. So we asked your mom, huh? what can we do for for Henry? Because we are your loving adopted grandparents, you That's know. That's right. And she thought that instead of a thing, yeah. that it would be really nice if we told you a little bit about our musical experiences throughout our lives and they've been rich and varied they have been rich and varied not a lot of heavy metal in it not a lot of speed metal not a lot of uh, but charlotte said that um your mom said that they want you to have all sorts of experiences of other music right exactly and I think you were that way too. We've already been seeing that in your oh yeah, your holiday thing with you the yeah, instrumental jazz, thing. Yeah. the the blues that you've done. The so you're exploring a lot of territory, and and a lot of the territory that we have explored is an entirely different realm than you. Right. But all of our experiences uh, that we're going to talk about are local. Yeah. And so you have your teacher who does uh, the education for you on the heavy metal and rocks side. But we would like to provide you uh, education of the history of Pacific Northwest music from our perspective. Right. Which is a, a little more acoustic, as you can imagine. And uh, But there's a rich cornucopia of different styles and and talents. And these are all people who are dedicated to what they do uh, most of them are still around still doing what they've always done on some level and probably enjoying it more because they're old people now and they're not feeling like they're trying to get somewhere you know I remember when I was back in my 20s and even my early 30s and going to the open mics at the antique sandwich company in Ruston down in Tacoma I don't know if you've ever been to the antique sandwich company but if you walk into that building Henry, you are walking into a cathedral, uh, 
virtually that is church for me. I was there. If I had to pick one building in my life that I walk into and it feels like a church, it's the Antique Sandwich Company. We even got married there. We even got married on the stage at the Antique Sandwich Company because it is a sacred place for us and has been for 40 years. So picture 40 years, Henry. Okay, thank you. <laughs> now, picture us aging 40 years before your eyes. We're going to take you back. We're going to take you back to the, to the Stone Age of that life of ours, and we're going to introduce you to some of our friends and some people that we didn't know that well that, that made some noise here in the local scene. And not all of it was acoustic. It goes in a lot of different directions. There's a lot of uh, pretty well-renowned music that came right from this area. And uh, so I think over, what we're going to try and do is over the next year or two, and this is a long-term project, we're going to build a uh, YouTube playlist, which we will give you the link to. It'll probably have to start on my page, but if there's some way we can get it to where it can be linked to your page, that's fine with me, but that's your decision. And uh, we're just going to show you some of this stuff. And we will intersperse it with little introductory messages that will talk about our connection to whatever we're presenting and a little story of our interaction with this particular artist or something like that. And we'll build us a little uh, documentary playlist on YouTube so that you can be introduced to some of the music that has been the delight of our last 40 years. Because I met Diane... 40 years ago, and uh, she was hot. <laughs> I mean, to coin a phrase. She was the hot blonde lady who always ran the door at the Antique Sandwich Company open mic on Tuesday. She would be the first face you'd see when you walked in the door, so you were guaranteed a good time. If Diane was sitting at that front table, she would be bright, she would, be, she would greet you like she knew you, she'd know your name, and uh, she'd be like, Bill! You know, it made me feel like a star walking in there. Well, he was a star. I wasn't a star. I didn't. Nobody knew who the heck I am. It's kind of like now. <laughs> nobody knows who I, I've been. Uh, my entire career has been below radar level, uh, and I can tell. I can. I tell people now that's the way I wanted it, but that's not true. At that point back then, I wanted to be. I thought I wanted to make my living playing music. You know, and. Uh, it was an edu- that that part in itself was an education, but the open mic at the Antique Sandwich Company, which f- was first brought to my attention by one Marjorie Richards, who is a friend of mine to this day, and who you'll hear from during this uh, on this playlist, because um, she went to the same college that I did in Spokane, and she was from Tacoma, as I was. So one time when we were talking back at college in Spokane, she mentioned that the Antique Sandwich Company was doing an open mic. And I was like, wow, who's, who's doing the open mic? She said, Victory Music. And I was like, what? Victory Music? Because I had known about Victory Music already. Because I had gone to their open mics at a place called The Other Side of the Tracks up in Auburn, which was a, what was it, a bar? Restaurant? No, no it was a restaurant. It was a restaurant with a brick wall behind the stage, and the, the train tracks ran right behind the building. So if a train was coming through, you know, you wouldn't be able to hear very much of the music, but it was a great place. That's where I cut my teeth on the open mic stage, 
and uh, my mother had to drive me the first couple of times because I didn't I only had a learner's permit I did not I was not I didn't have my driver's license yet although she let me drive there by myself once she knew that I knew how to get there and how to get home then she let me take the car even though I didn't have a driver's license that's the kind of house I grew up in. <laughs> anyway, there is a piece of writing that a friend of ours, Terry Lane, who you will hear his music on this tableau that we are going to build you, uh, he wrote a little article about the Antique Sandwich open mic. And I believe that Diane is now going to read that article to you. Yeah, and that, we were kind of thinking that because we've done article, or I have written articles about yeah. a lot of the local musicians. So if we introduce you to the musician, and I've written an article, we might read you a little bit of the article when we sure. introduce these uh, people. Sure. When you know, the thing is that when I would write articles about people, I always felt just like I did about you, Henry, that. They're, they're a hero on their journey. And everybody's journey has patterns. And, um, and I loved writing the articles about the local musicians because they didn't even know what they were sharing with others, just as maybe you didn't know what you were sharing with others and how much it affects that web of connection that we all have. So one of the people that I had uh, had gotten in contact with was Terry Lane. And the reason why I was getting in contact with him is that I was writing an article about a two-album set that Victory Music actually produced that I was a part of. And I was trying to ask from a lot of different standpoints, um, from musicians and other people who helped produce the album, what what it was like for them and uh and i was so bowled over by what terry wrote because i thought it encapsulated exactly what was so wonderful about the open mics that we used to attend and so the beginning he's talking about the song that he had produced or actually two songs that were produced on that victory music album that had been uh, sent and so I was asking him whether he had ever done any other s songs uh, because he was actually played a little on the radio and that he talks about that so here is Terry's observations I've only a studio recorded my songs and rainy day was the first that was the song he had by the way Henry unfortunately there were not many more after that I'm sure I submitted another song with Rainy Day, but I have no idea what it was. I had a call, song called Busted on the second Victory Music Project, and I'm sure there was another song I submitted with it. Then, just last year, pre-COVID, I recorded the song I wrote for our wedding. And sadly, that's about it from a studio standpoint. I've been practicing law for most of my adult life, 34 years in April. I just didn't have the bandwidth to do something with music, but things change and I'm looking forward to other people practicing law in the near future. But I'll tell you something. There's something liberating about playing when you want to, rather than because you have to. There are so many amazing and prolific songwriters and musicians out there plying their trade. And I know I'm not a businessman. 
one of the reasons I went into government work. Even assuming I had the talent, I know I didn't have a business sense to make a living at it. Where music is not putting a roof over my head or food on the table, I can play whatever I want, whenever I want. My songs or someone else's songs. What did I miss? Well, certainly the performance aspect, but I suppose trial work filled in the void in some fashion. And then there was Chris Lunn and Victory Music and the lovely and warm Diane Schulstad shepherding the door. For me, living in Tacoma, the antique sandwich was the spot. All through law school, I carved out three hours every Tuesday night to play a little music and listen to a lot. Plenty of wonderful talent. And the audience was even better. Better because no matter who was on stage, professional musician or novice, everyone was treated the same. I can't imagine a more nurturing environment for someone cutting their musical teeth in front of an audience. They sincerely appreciated everyone that was on that stage, whether for the talent or the willingness to put it all out there. The consistency of playing Tuesday nights couldn't help but smooth out the roughest edges and only the roughest ones. I played clarinet as a kid, but never took music lessons otherwise, not in any formal sense. But every Tuesday night was instruction for me from about 30 different teachers. They exposed me to artists, songs, even styles of music that I'd never really listened to before. The late Mark Spital introduced me to dadgad tuning when I was still struggling with that other one. E-A-D-G-B-E. Cat Eggleston and Steve Gouda with the reels and sea shanties, the rapid-fire poetry of young Bill Davy, T.R. Stewart's cowboy songs, the booming a cappella of Rob Folsom, the smooth swing jazz stylings with Gary Graves, Chris Lund on some sort of six-string banjo playing Jack O'Diamonds, I'm forcing myself to stop here. I'd run out of ink if I kept going. They still make ink, don't they? I watched and listened, amazed. Being able to soak myself in so many different musical perspectives in three hours, and with Mike Nelson backing them all up at one time or another, because he would, could play it all. Yeah, Victory Music was a respite for me, but more than that, it allowed me to listen to a whole lot of great music that informs my taste in music and gave me a chance to get my performance yayas out. Yeah, baby. That was it, because that was, that was my, I mean, the, the amount that you would learn. You get, at the, back in those days, you'd get three songs when you went up. You know, and three songs or 12 minutes. And three songs, you can do a lot with three songs. And you really kind of got, you learned how to feel the audience, feel what the audience appreciated, what they liked, what they didn't like. You could tell while you were playing the song whether it was getting through or not. These kinds of things are things that you have to learn, and it's all about the feel of the room, the moment. Uh, what your next song is going to be is dependent upon the reaction to the song you've just played. And, you know, that kind of uh, interactive uh, audience participation is really amazing because if you're a solo performer, 
The audience is your band. Pardon me, I'm gonna have another drink of coffee. The audience is who you key off of. The audience is you, boy. Who you react to? That's good coffee. Uh, and the audience informs you of their appreciation level of what you're doing, and that's something that is very important to learn if you're going to be a performer. And the open mic at uh, at the other side of the tracks and at the Antique Sandwich Company were uh, it's like it was like a school for all these young performers who needed the experience, weren't getting all the gigs yet because they didn't know how to or who you'd talk to or what what places even would would feature music like ours. But we were all learning of these places and all that information was getting swapped around so everybody would know everything. So you, it was a place to, uh, they call it networking nowadays. We didn't know what the heck to call it at that time. We just knew that it was a fun place to go and where you could be with people who were on the same kind of struggling level that you were on and feel like you belonged to something, you know. Even though it was mostly people who were struggling to get along, the open mics attracted some of the people who were touring through the area, right. and it was quite amazing that yeah. they would come in. Someone like Bill Staines or, um, I mean, these are all names you won't know, Henry, but for us, they were um, nationally known and maybe internationally known performers right. who uh, who were just touring through the area and, and would want to drum up some attention for their... Uh, upcoming gig or they also just wanted to try out some songs on the audience too it was quite an amazing experience it was but I wanted to say as an audience member what Terry Lane wrote was you probably noticed I got a little choked up at the end when I was reading that because it was such a magical experience to be able to sit in a room and listen to all these different people perform. I learned about Celtic music and how much I love Celtic music from from the open mics. I'd never heard that music before. I'd heard sea shanties because my dad had an old record of it, but I was introduced to the call and response effect of a sea shanty because people in the audience would sing and then you had all these people in the audience who were musicians and songwriters who were singing and uh in harmonies and multi-part harmonies so the whole room would just be throbbing with energy and life and music it was the most incredible experience of my life and i still look back on those times as the golden memories of my life yeah. so so this is what we want to present to you so this is the plan this is what we're going to be doing and uh, I we'll, we'll be starting this we're going to try and do uh, uh, some kind of part of the project once a week and I will send you the link to the playlist as soon as it is up and going but we wanted to let you know that that uh, we are thinking of you on Christmas and Wishing you a very Merry Christmas uh, with your folks there. And, you know, give you a little something to look forward to, maybe. It may not interest you, and you'd be feel free to tell us. We don't want to do this for nothing. We want it to be something that you appreciate. If, you, if you're not taken with it, we're fine with that. But this is our history of music, and uh, 
someday you'll be passing your history of music on to somebody younger than you too. And uh, we want to do this for you because for one thing, we want to preserve our history as much as we can because it's important to us. But we also want to pass it on to you because you are, uh, you represent a new generation of dedicated and passionate uh, musicians in the same way that I felt at your age. Uh, so that's why we're doing this. Right? That's right. right. And we don't have a song for you today, nope. but we have our own song, which is... We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.